Welcome to the Victory Life Church Podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at vlcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. By the way, for, for men, this is going to be a, a little bit about men today, and I'm, I'm sure the ladies will be glad, but um, I want you to put this on your calendar, so please, guys, take out your phones, and, and ladies, please take out your phones. We really want you men to plan in November. You see, the men of armor have a couple things that they attend or go to. One of them is uh, coming up on the 9th. Uh, of July, we, we're going to have stogie and steak. I'm sorry, steak nights. Ste- forget the first one. Steak night uh, on July the 9th. Then we participate in other things also, but one of them is our Band of Brothers events. It's just like going to youth camp. Everything is there for spiritual learning as well as having fun. And so if you will within a week or two we'll let you know you can sign up on our website or you can go to their website and sign up and put down your deposit so that you can go to this men's conference on a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday many of us just return Saturday night we want you to come we'd like to bring at least 25 to 30 men with us so please put on your calendar remember we use the um, they use the series uh, Wild at Heart and that's the ministry that takes place from John Eldridge, and that's what the Band of Brothers uses to minister to the men. So be thinking about who you'd like to bring, even one of your children, one of your sons, to come along with you. Band of Brothers, November the 10th through the 12th. Write that down, ladies, because your husbands may forget. 10th through 12th. Thinking about forgetting as we start off in a little bit of a, of a, a humorous way. When a man says, it would take too long to explain, ladies, he means... I have no idea how it works. When a man says, take a break, honey, you are working too hard, he means, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. When a man says, that's interesting, dear, he means, are you still talking? When a man says, can I help you with dinner, he means, Why, isn't it ready yet? When a man says, you know how bad my memory is. That's why I ask you ladies to write that down, the date. You know how bad my memory is. He means, I can remember the theme song, the Hogan's Hero, the phone number, the first girl I ever kissed, and the vehicle identification number of every car I've ever owned. But yes, I forgot your birthday. When a man says, Oh, don't fuss. I just cut myself. It's no big deal. He means, I have probably severed a limb, but I will bleed to death before I admit I'm hurt, so get over here and help me. (laughs) A couple more. Uh, When a man says, I can't find it, he means, it didn't fall into my outstretched hand, so I'm completely clueless. Now, we know, guys, that happens all the time. When a man says, you look terrific, he means, oh, please don't try on one more outfit. We're late and I'm starving. (laughs) 
Two more. When a man says, I'm lost, oh, when I'm lost, I know exactly where we are. He means no one will ever see us alive again. Okay, when a man says, that's not what I mean, he means if something I said can be interpreted two ways, and one of the ways makes you sad or angry, I mean the other one. Okay, but in all seriousness, guys, ladies are looking for a real man to be married to and to stay married to. Children are looking for real men to father the 18.5 million without fathers. You know, I was looking on the internet and NBC, the Today Show. Here's who they think are real men and and it has to do a little bit about abortion today, put a call out on social media asking fathers to share how abortion shaped their lives. Eight dads shared how abortion helped them become the fathers they are today. This is the standard of the world, real men. Each of the gentlemen who responded to the request expressed that their family lies wouldn't have worked out as well if it weren't for an abortion they had early in their lives, like it's some medal or badge of honor in their lives. One dad wrote, the father of two, Alan recounted how he and his wife couldn't make room for a third child in their family. Together, we decided to terminate the pregnancy. I was so grateful. If we had not been able to terminate an unwanted pregnancy, we wouldn't be happily married with our five-year-old. It would have taken both of our lives in completely different directions, he stated. Later adding, abortion has allowed me to live my life and make the choices that I think everyone should get to make. NBC was looking for a few good men. That's the kind of men that our society holds in high esteem. But God is looking for a few good men but he's looking for something different let's look at this passage ezekiel 22 30. god actually was looking for a man he said i sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that i should not destroy it but I found none. Now, this text is a very famous and well-known, but it is seldomly understood. It means that God could not find anyone in all Israel who was dedicated enough to oppose the wickedness of the land in a way that would prevent judgment from coming. There was no one who could be salty enough to help purify society. There was no one to stand in dedication against the judgment of God and stop it or even delay it. So judgment was certain. Guys, prerequisite to becoming a good father is you must become a good man. Being a man, functioning like a man, taking responsibility as a man, thinking like a man, acting like a man, working like a man, these are all prerequisites to being a good father. So guess what? The title of this morning's message is, Will the Real Men Stand Up? 
Let's pray. Father, I'm mindful on this day that some never had a real dad. Please help them look to you. Some have lost their dad. Please help them look to you. Some have good dads, but still you're the ultimate dad. Please help them look to you because you are always faithful. Please help all of us look to you for those characteristics that you embedded in us. Compassion, love, giving, sacrificing, tender-hearted. These describe our Lord and our God, our Father. Thank you for helping us understand what a real man is like. Would you minister to us as we open up your word, Father, and talk about the subject of real men? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Two major things I'd like to bring to your attention this morning. Real men have learned to lead, and real men have learned to love. Psalms 37, 23. The steps, I'll put it, as of a real man. The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Does the Lord delight in your way right now, O oh man? Well, when a man learns how to lead, he learns to lead his flesh. When a man is a leader, he learns how to lead his flesh. That's the kind of uh, man that a woman wants. That's the kind of dad or a man that a child needs. In Galatians 5.16, we're told, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And some of you may need a, a visible picture of that. So picture on one side the world and all its bells and all its whistles and all its trinkets, how they try to lure you in with all those things. And you wonder what's over on the other side because too often Hollywood has painted a negative picture of what's over on this side. Over this side, there is just turmoil and trouble and tribulation. Over here, there's no more famine. There's fun. There's family. There's a lot of good things happening over on the side. And there's a good, good father over here. And so he's saying, so walk in the spirits, there's a lot over on this side, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict. We know something about that, don't we, as human beings? They're in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want, which seems to be the theme of America today. Do what you want. It's all about you. Galatians 2.20 reminds us, as a real man of God, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Every vocation is littered with men who have not learned to lead their own flesh. 
Many men are materially in debt because they break the 10th commandment. They covet, they covet, and they covet. And they've not learned to corral their flesh. Hobbies, which are good in of itself, but sometimes your hobbies can take up too much time away from your significant other or the wife or their children. Sex outside the boundaries God has established. Well, the result is relationships are ruined. Up to 40% of the men listening today have had an affair or will have an affair in their lives. In terms of basic results, they found that 73% of women and 98% of men reported internet porn in the last six months. That is absolutely staggering. Men, women want to be around men who have learned to lead their flesh. One in three sites, by the way, are visited by women. Before you can become a good father, you need to become a real man that knows how to lead your flesh and your fleshly appetites. By the way, God is looking, and so are women, for men who lead their flesh. Otherwise, their flesh will lead them. Let me say that again. God's looking for men, and women are looking for men that will lead their flesh. Otherwise, their flesh will lead them. Do we have some men in here that are leading their flesh? For the most part, I'd like to say we do have a lot of good men, some real men. Real men not only learn to lead their flesh, but they learn to lead their families. Ephesians 5, 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. The man is responsible to lead his home. It's not up to the lady to lead the home. It's up to the man to lead the home. Headship is not being the boss. It's loving leadership. God is not a respecter of persons. Women are equal in his sight, but the hardest thing, guys, that you'll ever do is be a good husband and a good father to your children. It's amazing. Eli, the priest and judge, he did, it. He did that, but he could not. He could lead a temple, but he couldn't lead his children. David could run a kingdom and lead his men into battle, but could not run his children. God is looking for men who know how to lead their families. 1 Thessalonians 2 reminds us, For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. How? Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Deuteronomy gives us our marching orders Men, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. 
I had the privilege of texting all my children. And I'm here to tell you, my wife and I are so proud that every one of our male men are God-fearing, serving him in the church and love him. What a blessed man I am. I wanted to be a movie star. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to own a company. I wanted to have a large church. God didn't allow me to have any of those things. He said, I'm going to forge a godly family out of you. And I took this commandment seriously. Sometimes to my children's dismay, in the car, in the store, at the house, everywhere we went was a time to talk about sports, a time to talk about God. You can mingle the both. Only God should take superiority. And as a result, we have seen the benefits and the blessings of being obedient to that commandment. Men, God is looking for some men that will raise their children according to the word of God. The number one complaint from wives, passive husbands. They are aggressive at work. They take the lead, but at home they are the frozen chosen. They hide and abdicate leadership to the wife or kids or anyone else that will take it. They're even passive in their spiritual life. 61% of the women go to church. 39% of the men go to church. God uses men of action who will take the initiative. You see, spiritual awakening occurs when men in the church become participators, not just spectators. A real man that leads his family make a great father. You see, I'm impressed when I, someone asked me, who, who, what's my favorite sport team? I, I don't have any favorite sport team. I have them all over the map because I follow great men. I admire the God in men. Great quarterbacks who love God. Great baseball players who love God. Great basketball players who love God. Great golfers who love God. Great businessmen who love God. I was getting ready to write a rap on that one. I just, I love those kinds of men, but Hollywood does not portray those kinds of men. They're get even kind of men, vengeance men. That's not the kind of men that God's looking for. I like what Proverbs teaches us when we will be obedient to the command of Deuteronomy. Every, if you notice our theme when you walk in the church is loving God's way. That's our theme here. Everywhere you go, everything you do, Every day of your life, live God's way. Proverbs 23 reminds us, the father, we know this, guys, the father of a righteous child, hallelujah, how sweet it is, does bring great joy. A man whose father, a man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. Hmm. Proverbs 23, 25 says, may your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. When a good man leads his flesh and family, how sweet it is. But one more thing I'd like to really challenge the guys on, on those who lead. Men, not only do we need to lead our flesh, 
we need to lead our families. Here's something that we really have to pick up the ball and run with it. We must lead the fallen to Jesus, to the Father. Now, guys, if I ask a group of you to go hunting and kill some deer or wild pig like we do at Band of Brothers, people can sign up, go out at night, corner a hog, kill him, butcher him, and we sit around the fire and we eat some good old meat and beef. That's real men, yeah. That's what they do. So if you guys want to come out and kill one of those? If I said, let's go to a, 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 let's tailgate at the Super Bowl. I didn't notice I didn't say the dolphins. I might not get any takers. I, I, I could get a crowd of guys. Stogie steak night. Crowd of guys. Golfing. A good crowd. Pickleball, okay, I like that. <laughs> more and more men and women are playing that game. Pick up arms to go to war against the wrongs done in this country. Go after lost men, fallen men who have strayed away from God. Hard to find. I don't care how strong a man is if he doesn't love Jesus. He, he, he ranks so low on the totem pole in my eyes. I don't care how big of a business a man has. If he doesn't love God, he ranks very low on the totem pole in my eyes. If a man has all kind of trophies and degrees, but doesn't fear and love God, he ranks very low in my eyes. But when a man who uses those skills and strength and wealth to go after the fallen, man, do I admire those men who in the public arena say, that's just a platform for me to communicate the kingdom and the good news of God. That's a real man. Jesus, the real commander, this love peace picture that the world gives of Jesus is not who he really is. He is a chief. He's a commander. He's a warrior. But he's also a father. It took great courage to leave the portholes of glory and come down to this inhumane society that we live in where men just ridiculed him and belittled him and falsely accused him and, and then were allowed to manhandle him and beat him and nail him to a tree. We have a man, a God-man that left heaven to come after the fallen. That's you and me. How come we're not going after the fallen? He set the example for you and me that we should follow in his footsteps. In fact, we sing about this on Sunday mornings. Let me read you the lyrics from the song, not all of them, from the song Reckless Love. I don't know if we have that up here or not, but if we don't, I'll read it to you. And many of you know it by heart, by Corey Asbury. Now, think about what we're saying about him when we sing this. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, and leaves the 99. I could not earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. When I was your foe, still 
your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending love of God. Here's the key part now we really love to sing. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. That's what God did for you. He did all that for you. And I have a hard time understanding when men get saved that they don't join God's army and go after the fallen in your neighborhood, on your jobs, in your schools. You're going to stand before a holy God who did that for you and me. Can we get some men to enlist in God's army and go after the fallen? There's another character I'd like to bring to your attention. His name is Desmond Doss. How many of you have seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge? I haven't seen the full thing. A few. Well, just a little bit of history about this young man. He, he was God-fearing, and he never wanted to take up arms or shoot anybody, but he wanted to help people. And so he enlisted in World War II, but he said, I'm not going to use a rifle to kill anybody, but I will help people. I will go into battle. He was ridiculed. They tried to court-martial him. They tried to get him out of the service. But when he showed up in Okinawa and the fighting was fierce and men were tucked in their trenches and he watched his comrades falling by the dozen, he got up out of that hole and he went after those fallen comrades and men, his fellow brothers. In the midst of all the firing and shooting, he would grab them one by one and bring them back to the trenches. He'd go back out there again and again and again. Over 75 men. Let's look at just a little clip. I, there's no warning here. I tried to bleep out all the bad stuff. Not bad words, but bad scenes. And a little shot of the film. The film. You're like I'm on a shoe, ain't you? Give me this. It's a bit late for target practice now, don't you think? <laughs> Jump on it. You're kidding. I'm gonna drag you. Let's do it. You gotta be kidding me, Cornstone. You're tying a bowline, boy, and I'm building a bra. Come on. Ready? Uh-huh. Get up!
75 men and never fired a weapon and went to war. He went after the fallen men. When I see this, it brings me to tears, the courage that this man had. Men, God is looking for some men that will go after the fallen. Why is it that men don't take up the spiritual baton and they pass it to the woman? You see, that's exactly what Adam did in the garden. He abdicated his responsibilities that God trusted to him, and he passed off to the wife. Why is it that men pass off spirituality to the woman? Oh, she's a part of it, but men are asked to lead in their homes. This man received the Medal of Honor, and one day those who of us go after the fallen men and women and children, we're going to receive a medal of honor also. I pray today that you'll think again about what Jesus has done for you, how he left the portholes of glory. So can't you spare some time? Actually, I've always taught this lifestyle evangelism. When I first got saved, we used to go door knocking on Tuesdays. We'd go to church on Wednesdays. And then we'd go to pick up, uh, we'd go to visit apartment complexes on Saturdays. And then in church, we'd bring the kids to church and we'd go to Sunday school and church. And then we'd come back for discipleship training and then we'd, we'd go to church again. And I, I told the pastors, well, when are we going to have time to witness to, to everybody? And I've raised my family and in the churches that I've served in to practice lifestyle evangelism. You will have more opportunities accidentally than taking timeouts and going in a neighborhood and knocking on a door and trying to win someone to Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying you, you can't do that or shouldn't do that, but the opportunities all around you. Here's the catch. Do they really believe you? Is there a difference in your life that when you open your mouth, they want what you have? They see what you got. Maybe we're not living in such a way that we're afraid to speak up for the fallen. Well, real men have learned to lead their flesh, lead their families, and lead the fallen to Jesus Christ. Something else men have learned to do, real men, they've learned to love. They've learned to love specifically the saints. Some men, some Christian men still seem to be captivated by successful secular men. 
but I used other men to challenge my children. If you want to be successful in business or in music or whatever the specific thing that you want to be successful in in sports, please, please, always, I did this, point them to godly men as their examples. Jesus, of course, is our ultimate example about loving us when Ephesians 2.20 or 5.25 reminds us that Christ Jesus also loved the church and gave himself up for it. And the same passage tells us to love the same way. Follow, Ephesians 5, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrance offering and a sacrifice to God. So he is our example of how we should love one another. When we were in the world, we didn't love like that. In fact, when we go to Band the Brothers again, they tell us that 90% of the men don't have one solid, good friend. Most men do not have one solid, good friend. Either they haven't been loved or they haven't learned how to love. Well, I can tell you for sure that Jesus was the first person I ever fell in love with. I couldn't believe someone loved me just like I am. Since that time, I've wanted everyone that would possibly listen to me. I wanted to point them to Jesus. More than anything in the world, and this is the truth, I wanted badly for my children to do good in sports. They were pretty good in sports, solid. And, and I wanted to, you know, more than them being famous, and we all want our children to do well and be famous kind of secretly. We, we hope they make enough money so they can tear, take care of us when we get old, right, parents? Honestly and sincerely, my wife and I, we, we wanted more than anything in the world to introduce him to the greatest human being that ever walked the face of the thirst, and that's Jesus Christ. I actually, actually want to... I actually want to go back, if you will, if my our team will help me in the back. I want to go back to, I think we have another video clip about the love of Jesus. Or actually, it's coming up. I want to show that right now. That when I think of love and, and manly love, the world just does not know how to depict what a, a man is and, and how he can love. In fact, I, in fact, I was watching last night with my grandkids, with Jacob's kids. I was watching them last night, and we were watching... Um, what's that name of that movie? Uh, Legos. Lego Ninja. Lego Ninja. You learn to love all these kid movies when you have children and grandchildren. What was abhorring was the commercials were all L-G-B-T-Q-K-R-I-S-S. They, they, were, they were kissing. Over and over, all the commercials. Oh, my goodness. That's what they think love is. Thank God our, the kids were too little to understand, or I hope they were too little to understand. Please, Jacob, entrust me one more time with your, the kids. <laughs> I'm not going to show them any more bad movies. I, I just couldn't. My wife and I were, we were astonished at a kid's movie. And, of course, we see this. And when I was watching the NBA I actually turned it off when I saw two men for over three or four seconds literally smooching. It made me want to vomit. 
That's what the world thinks is real love. But when I see Jesus coming to this planet, better yet, how about the chosen? How many have seen the chosen here? Okay, you know over 400 million people have seen the chosen. One of the reasons why we like chosen so much, or I believe, is because of this. Jesus, God, you're so human. I like that. I can relate to you. The love and the compassion you showed to people was, and we all relate to that. In the second season, one of the special scenes is Mary Magdalene, which in whom Jesus cast out seven demons. Now, the movie is very accurate about what it teaches about God, but it adds a little flavor of different things. And Mary Magdalene goes back to her old life, like some of you have. Sinned, disobeyed God, rebelled. Two apostles, Matthew the tax collector, which the apostles had a hard time with, and then Peter. They go back to get Mary Magdalene, and they bring them back to Jesus, or bring her back to Jesus. And here's how Jesus responds. So it's good to have you back. I don't know what to say. I don't require much. I'm, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> You redeemed me, and I just threw it all away. Well, that's not much of a redemption. If it can be lost in a day, is it? <laughs> I owe you everything. But I just don't think I can do it. Do what? Live up to it. Repay you. How could I leave? How could I go back? To the place I was, and I didn't even, I didn't even come back on my own. They had to come get me. <sighs> I just can't live up to it. Well, that's true. <laughs> but you don't have to. I just want your heart. The Father just wants your heart. Give us that, which you already have. And the rest will come in time. Did you really think that you'd never struggle or sin again? I know how painful that moment was for you. I shouldn't. Someday. But not here. I'm just so sorry. Look up. <laughs> I can't. You can. Look at me. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my
I, I love that scene because it reminds you and me of how many times we have been just as guilty. And it's one thing we really love about Jesus is he's so loving and forgiving. And he wants us men to be just like him. What an example. You and me, we are in love with him because of his love for the church. He said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus loves the church. When people come along and say, I don't like the church or I'll never do business with people in the church, they're talking about the wrong kind of people because the real church does not behave like that. They behave like Jesus Christ. So if you bump into people like that in the church, just ignore them. That's not who Jesus is. I always tell people that's not who Jesus is. I hope that you men desire to love like him, and that means you love the body of Christ. And Jesus encourages us as we see that day approaching in Hebrews 10. He said, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing. I don't know about you. I love to be around the body of Christ. I've told you even on my wedding night the next day, I went to church. We go on, we go to see our children. I, I, I don't want to plan it or during the week. I want to... When we went and just visited Texas a couple weeks ago to see my daughter, I, I wanted to plan it around Sunday to see the world they live in, to see people they hang out with. So we got out there uh, Friday morning and then Saturday or Saturday morning, and they had a big Sunday school picnic for their class. Hey, do you guys want to come? Yes, I'm in. Good food, playing uh, games, uh, Going on boats, playing, um, you know, the little game, cornhole. I love being around the people of God because that's who I'm going to be with forever and ever and ever and ever. So, men, how come some of you still hanging around with the people in the world? How come they're your buddies instead of saints? Oh, I know we're a weird-looking group of people. But so is the world. Oh, you ever seen how they dress, how they look? The last thing I'll say is men who have learned to love the saints also have learned to love Jesus. I remember there was, in the Bible, there was a group of men that said they loved the Father. These religious people who taught in the synagogues and in the temple. He said in John 8, 
after they questioned who he was. They said, you're doing the works of your father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. So people say they love God or they love Jesus and they're conducting themselves like these leaders were. It'll tell you something about them. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I've come here from God. That means every religion in the world. If they love the Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth, they would love his son. And anyone that doesn't son, they're the Antichrist. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, he says, If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus, let that person be cursed. Jesus said, you must worship no other gods for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who's jealous about his relationship with you. And finally, the last passage. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. We started off with, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. We see all that's coming upon America right now. We see what's happening. God needs some men to stand in the gap. Remember, with Abraham, God said he would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there were just 10 people that were saved. Remember, they started at 50, went to 40, went to 30, went to 20, went to 10. I believe it's possible that God may judge this country because of our sin, of immorality, of abortion and other such sins like that. But we need some men to stand up and stand in the gap that will have learned to lead their flesh, their families, and the fallen. We need some men to join link, link arms together and let's covet together to pray for the lost in our world, in your world, in our world, that we may see week after week men, women, boys and girls come to Christ. We saw this last week just with Mega Sports Camp. Some people come to know Jesus Christ. Would you join me in doing that? Would you join Jacob in doing that until Christ comes back? Would you stand with me at this time? You notice I get a little softer when I speak strong truth in the lives of all of us because I'm just as guilty or just as good as you guys are. But I pray that you join me together. Father, I pray that you will raise up some men that will go after the fallen. I know there's some good men here. But sometimes we have abdicated our responsibility to women to lead spiritually. I pray that you'll call men to lead spiritually in their home, to read the Word of God in their home, to raise their children according to the Word of God, to, to take their businesses and and 
cause it to bring glory to you. They take their talent and cause it to bring glory to you so that other people are attracted to the love of Jesus Christ. Remember, remind us, Father, please. Help us remember that it's to draw people to the saving faith in Jesus Christ. Raise them up, please, Father, here. Cause us to be a soul-winning church, a place where we reclaim the fallen and the backslidden. In Jesus' name we pray. Remind, remind, remind you, you have an opportunity to come up and pray. Pray for the fallen men, perhaps in your lives. Pray that God will pour out his spirit upon this church. You come as God leads you at this time. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way. Everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.